You're listening to the Terror of the Woods podcast, where every question is a great question. I am your host, Star Strazabosco. Get your critical thinking caps on because we are seeking truth in a world where we are drowning in information, but starved for knowledge. Me, look at me, driving and I won't stop. Solar showers today. Yeah. Way. So it's expected, they said. We have no electricity. Yeah, no, that's what they I, I literally just read an article saying that we could expect power outages from this solar flare. And I was like, that's. Oh, you sad, said solar flare. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah, sure. But solar, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that. It's kind of been happening for so, the last, you know, couple months. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah, for sure. Let's let's discuss what we're going to talk about today, because you guys were both texting me yesterday. Well, and even just the last few days, kind of about the same thing and both being like super pissed off. So I'm like, I should get you guys both on a podcast. (laughs) I think your your talking points and what you were discussing, they totally align. And you might be able to help plug in um, each other's, you know, puzzle pieces and kind of help even more even though you both have it pretty much figured out because you're great researchers. So if you want to kind of go over like what what it was that you wanted to talk about. I had a bunch of stuff. So I guess the biggest thing that I've been griping about this whole time is that this language in the question and answer sheet, the, the language that says the products are legally distinct with certain differences that do not impact safety or effectiveness. Mm-hmm. But they're legally distinct, the right. community and the Pfizer. Right. Because legally, in at least in Arizona statute, you have to go in and change the formula within the statute if somebody decides to change a designer drug or like, you know, something that you buy off the street so that it's still illegal. Right. So that's what I would think when they say legal description, that's what that would mean. Right. So the Pfizer that everybody is getting and the community that nobody can get, but is the one that's approved, right, mm-hmm. are legally distinct. Yeah, so they're, they're different. Separate. They're different. Whether they're the same formulation, which they keep saying or not, they're legally distinct. Mm-hmm. So when you look up under on this question and answer form, when you guys, I really didn't want to get into, I didn't want it to be like where I had to go to the way back and, and kind of put together some sort of conspiracy, but, but then I found some other stuff. So anyway, look, this go down to, um, is community interchangeable with other COVID-19 vaccines? It's at the bottom of the bottom of the webpage. Okay. Is community interchangeable with other COVID-19 vaccines? Is that it? Yep. So it says it has the same formulation as the FDA authorized Pfizer Binotech COVID-19 vaccine and can be used interchangeably to provide the COVID-19 vaccination series without presenting any safety or effectiveness concerns. The products are legally distinct hmm, with certain differences that do not impact safety or effectiveness. So it says it's they, they can be used interchangeably, but they are legally distinct and different right so what they are saying is if you get the pfizer vaccine first and you need your second shot you can have community because they are essentially the same essentially the same drug okay okay but they're legally distinct and and that's because one is 
one has been authorized and one has been approved. Okay. And that's going to be important in a second. Okay? okay. So on the original, on the way back, this same question ends. They do not say the products are legally distinct. They say, for purposes of administration, doses distributed under the EUA are interchangeable with the licensed doses. So this is the document that you and I read the day it came out when I was like, there, there is something not right about how they're going about this. Okay. So I guess it's a different question now on this one. Just the fact that they've changed this verbiage should make people question stuff. I'm just saying. Yeah. So read that blurb. So this is should be the same blurb as the other one, even though they changed it. Okay, they say, I can read it here. It says uh, they have the same formulation and can be used interchangeably to provide the COVID-19 vaccination series, series without presenting any safety. For, okay, therefore, providers can use doses distributed under EUA to administer the vaccination series if the mm -hmm. doses were the licensed vaccine. So yeah. what that statement says is one is authorized and one is not. Yeah. In that statement, that's exactly what that says. Doses distributed under the EUA yeah. to administer can be used in exchange with those. They're interchangeable. Doses. Yeah, they're interchangeable with the licensed however, doses. However, they're they're legally distinct. Yeah. They're, they're separate. Okay. So that, I mean, to somebody, you could say, well, they're just playing with words, right? And you're being a conspiracy theorist. Maybe I'm being a conspiracy theorist, right? But if you look at on these same documents, will the emergency use authorization or EUA for, for Pfizer Biotech remain in effect after this approval? So people need to understand the difference between approval and authorization. Okay. Right. Approval is the EUA. Uh, authorization yeah. to the EUA. Okay. Yeah. So the old blurb on this way back, you can see right it here. says the EUA will continue to cover adolescents 12 to 15 because at that point, that's where they were at. Okay. So the EUA will continue to cover adolescents 12 through 15 years of age and the administration of the third dose to certain immunocompromised individuals 12 and older. Mm -hmm. Additionally, for logistical reasons, the EUA will continue to cover the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. okay. That's the old form. The new form says, will the emergency EUA remain in effect? Yes. The EUA is in effect for the two-dose primary series in individuals 12 years of age and older. That is not what they said before. They said it only went from 12 to 15. Right. Yeah, because at that point, 12 to 15 wasn't covered. It was 15 and older, remember, yeah. or 16 and up. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, but now things have changed. But now, even though things have changed, they're saying the EUA remains in effect for two dose primary and individuals 12 years in age and older. And give no number yeah. as to what falls under EUA, which means 12 and older falls under EUA. Right. They say 12 and older. Right. They have never retracted the EUA for right. Pfizer from 12 years old to 199. It has never been retracted or stopped or unauthorized. Does, do you understand? 
So all of these Pfizer doses that say Pfizer BioNTech are under the EUA. They are not licensed. They continue under the EUA from ages 12 and older. Oh, so we're still under a EUA. Yes. 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 According to their form right here. Right. It's almost like we need to create like a a matrix to show people like the old language. That's why I was trying to tell you, it's hard to explain if you're not looking at these two documents next to each other. Right. Because if you look at the old one, it says the EUA will cover adolescents 12 to 15 years of age, which is what we understood because if this is the same as comirnaty, then it no longer needs an EUA. Right mm-hmm. for fifteen for sixteen and up, it doesn't need an EUA anymore, and it should have been re- retracted or or stopped or whatever. Right, it's almost but like they coupled ha- those two in there just to confuse people, to make you think they were approved. Exactly, and that's on the way back. That's right. on the day that it was approved that they used that twelve to fifteen years of age. We only have an EUA for twelve to fifteen years of age because they haven't been approved. However, right. now it's changed to say anybody twelve and up is still under an EUA. Yeah, so it's still a EUA. Yes. In plain English, they are legally distinct. Right. So here's the fun part. We have one, they've been found out to still be under EUA. We do not have an approved COVID-19 vaccine in the United States. And two, we've also confirmed through the federal registrar that Biden's vaccine mandate which was a three-piece mandate. One, mandate the vaccines on federal employees. Two, mandate the vaccine on federal contractors. And three, was to mandate the vaccine for any company that was 100 people or more. And what we've discovered is that the third does not exist in the federal registrar, which is the official place or publish an executive order. And if you go on the website, his website, it's just a press release. It is not a mandate. So all of these companies like for this week, Southwest, who has lost what they had almost 2000 flights that were canceled yesterday because people are leaving because they think that that Southwest thinks that they have to mandate the vaccine. Maybe they don't know that it's not registered in the federal registrar or maybe they do and they're just still trying to push it. But it seems like the administration is trying to get people to do things just by saying it, but not officially putting out any documents on it. They're just seeing how many sheep they can get to the finish line of getting that vaccine. Which is how you keep yourself from being sued. Yep. Yep. Over something that's completely unconstitutional. Because all they have to do is plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. We never put out an actual executive but order. This word, wasn't a law. Right. And and everybody could know that if they just knew how to read. So, hey, we, we didn't know that you didn't know. And so there's that. Right. Yeah. But they knowingly said on camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that that might help in some kind of litigation, but that's yet to be determined. There's a lot of suits going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. The, the um, I mean, they're all over the place. The, the, the firefighters in, in L.A., there's like 800 of them. Now, I, I just saw, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Stu Peter's show, but he brings yep. on a lot of good people, I think. Mm-hmm. And this morning he had uh, Dr. Jane Ruby on, and she said so she got information from 
three reliable sources that a pilot from Delta died in flight last in the last 10 days and they had to make an emergency landing. The pilot died. Wow. And she has just an anonymous source been truthful in the past that she's, she's worked with uh, that have claimed this is the case. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's one of the concerns about the, the whole vaccination process is you're giving it to pilots and, and people are dying from this stroke, uh, heart attack, the clot you know, shot, you name it. Yeah. And so apparently it, it's more widespread than that too. The flight attendants are, are experiencing sickness. There's, there's a lot of issues going on. It remains to see how that turns out, but that was kind of an interesting story this morning. Yeah. Dr. Jill, can you also go over <laughs> what we discovered a few weeks ago when the the doctor for the army put a stand down order, a no flight order. Here's what I can tell you as a master scuba diver. <laughs> you are at a high, I am. <laughs> I bet you are. You're at a high I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a past scuba diver myself. Okay, so. <laughs> so you know that if you've been diving too much and you've got extra nitrogen in your body, right? Yep. You can't fly. Why? Because you're at a higher risk for blood clots. Right, exactly. So, so naturally, um, pilots are also at a higher risk for blood clots, not only for sitting, because that's what they do, right, during their flights, yep. no matter how long they are, but also because there is a, a pressure difference, whether or not the uh, cabin is pressurized, there's still pressure issues, and we know that because of the diving, right? And and it's not, not to say that the pilots have extra nitrogen or anything like that, it's to say that the pressurization of a airplane is not exactly the same pressures as we experience on land, right? Correct. So right. divers have to be very careful because the pressures are different and they could end up very sick. Right. So, right. so that, that was just saying to explain how the pressures in the cabin, even though they're pressurized, are different and pilots are at a higher risk for blood clots. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's a concern, and obviously, I I would guess it's reasonable to expect that some of the pilots are actually divers themselves, and they know this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, why not? These are people who've been in the military, they've been around the world. I mean, they they're people that do things, and diving is a very popular sport. So I would not be surprised if they or or some of the attendants people people know this stuff. So. Well, um, and if you're a pilot, you have a family at home, you're trying to provide for your family. At a certain point, the benefit of having enough money to feed your family, it doesn't outweigh the dying in the air and not being able to provide your fam for, for, for your family at all. So yeah. I think what pilots are starting to see is, one, it's not being reported in the news, which is freaky. But they're also, I mean, pilots talk to each other, right? Even if you're not working for Southwest and you're at Delta, you still talk to other pilots in, in the air. Um, so sure. having that conversation, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, I'm I'm not going to make a paycheck because I'm going to die up here. So let's let's go on strike. I haven't necessarily read this article, but this is talking about the Army flight surgeon that was a whistleblower and her affidavit is on here. I read through this, and so here's here's what I know about this broken. My husband is uh, in the military, and I have access to all the names of military people. He can look up their database, correct? So I said, let's just find out if this woman, who they claim, because this was so early in this. This was a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. I said, yeah. let's just make sure she exists. We looked it up in the database. She does exist. She is where they claim she is in this article. 
um, and she is the surgeon for the flight brigade. So I don't know why this hasn't been picked up more mainstream other than they did, they're shutting her up just like every other military person that has tried to come forward with anything negative against this vaccine. But what she was saying was after the vaccine, the pilots experienced blood clots. I think there was two or three of them at a different base, but, but they, you know, they all talk, all these flight surgeons talk because this is important. This is, this sure. is uh, monitoring a vaccine and issues coming from it. So uh, there was a couple, I believe, that had myocarditis because they were young. Um, these were flight crew. And then there was pilots, two or three um, flight crew or, or, or pilots that got blood clots from it. So she wanted to ground all of them over this because of what she was seeing. So, I mean, you can read her affidavit. It's, it's, and I read through it. And as, as a nurse with a lot of education, it was legit what she was saying. There was, there was definitely, and there was things in there that only a military person who's very up to the code on military stuff would even be able to pull this stuff up. So the affidavit is not fake. If somebody faked it, they, they are very close to a flight surgeon, if that makes sense, right? So why this hasn't been picked up, I have no idea. Well, I know Honestly. exactly why it has been picked up. Well, other so than they don't want, <laughs> they don't want well, people well, to know. Well, I mean, the, the, this is a huge worldwide conspiracy right now. You know, just think about it. When this thing first started back in, uh, what, March of 2020, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. What was the first thing they said that we had to do and the only thing we had to do to fix this thing and get back to normal at some point? Stay at home. Develop a vaccine. Develop a vaccine. Mm -hmm. We have to have a vaccine. That's the only way. Bill Gates was out there. We got to vaccinate 7 billion people. Everybody fell in line. Look what's going on in Australia. Look what's going on in the UK. Look Lithuania. Look what's going on here. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. And any, any therapeutic that is effective, like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and now I'm finding out about chlorine dioxide, which is a really an amazing product. Budesonine, you know, you name it. All of those have been demonized. And now they have this new drug that Merck developed, and Merck developed ivermectin, by the way. Yes. They have this new drug. I can't pronounce the name of it. I don't care to. And it's $700 per, per treatment, which was ivermectin is like 35 Right. And uh, or less what, if you go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, but, but here, here's the interesting point, Dr. Jill, and I'm sure you recognize this. We know that for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc to work the best that they can is to do it as soon as possible, immediately, right? You don't wait. You don't wait to the third stage. Right. Now, ivermectin has shown some, some positive effects on third stage, but if you really want to nail this thing, you get it first stage. Well, guess what? This new drug from Merck is saying, oh, you got to do it first stage. <laughs> and yet many of the studies they did on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, they did it at second and third stage or studies for children that wasn't effective were ridiculous. So here we are. We have the situation that's being totally controlled by the top down by people like Fauci and other people who of, of his ilk that are controlling the narrative, controlling the situation, controlling what we're doing. And they're destroying our world with lockdowns, masks, distancing, uh, and vaccinations, and then the demonization of therapeutics that actually work. Yeah. That's what's and happening. The, and the blackout of all of that information on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Taking taking things. Um, it was either there's there's a country 
I know it might have been India and it might there's another um, country that used that gave their people ivermectin and it yes. was one of the countries that refused to buy into any of these vaccines that want indemnity they don't want to be sued so we will not sell you our vaccines if you don't sign a release or waiver saying that you cannot sue us if something happens to your people and these leaders said no absolutely not yeah right and they and all died yep. i can't think of which one it is now of course well madagascar uh, there was an attempt on that that president's life and i think he survived but there were there were four others maybe even five where they rejected the vaccine for their people mm -hmm. and they were assassinated and that information and isn't were, out there and they were giving their people ivermectin right and they have ridiculously low Rates. I think Haiti. Well, was what happened? Of what happened in India, in the province of India? Excuse me for interrupting. No, don't ex no. excuse me. I'm interrupting anyway. <laughs> Go for it. But you know, their, their death rate dropped by 97 percent, and it just it just fell like a rock when they started using. It. And what they did was, anybody that tested positive, they gave them a kit. Dr. Jill, isn't that amazing that, that somebody comes into a doctor with symptoms and the doctor says, well, we have a treatment for that, as opposed to go home and when you turn blue, come back and we'll put you on a ventilator. They were giving them ivermectin, vitamin C, vitamin D. So they were giving them the things that really work mm -hmm. <laughs> and, they're, and they're taking them home and their death rate just plummeted. That's the scary thing about all of this. <laughs> it, it, it's such an easily treatable disease and everybody says, yeah, follow the money and absolutely do that. But I think we have to follow the evil because that's what it's gotten to. It is so evil to want people to die so that you can sell a vaccine. But I think that their ultimate goal is not to increase their profit, but to decrease the population. I think it's time to have that discussion now. Yeah, they're going to make they've already made billions, trillions off of this this vaccine. But what they've also done is they've decreased the population because they thought that we were we were a bunch of cockroaches. They still do. They don't think that we you know okay. deserve to to live. Here's my theory on that one, Star. If you're trying to kill people off, mass depopulation, right? Which we know that's a goal of some of the elites. Bill Gates has openly talked about it. There's been others that have openly talked about it. This is not a conspiracy theory. But if you wanted to. <laughs> Who would you want to kill off? Would you want to kill off the, the opposing side, the people who who are constantly in your grill about things that aren't right? Or would you want to kill off the, the sheep, the ones that conform to everything? You want to kill off, obviously, the opposing side, but they know that we're too right. strong and you know able-minded to, right. to say no. But I think that they tried to get so, as many as they so could initially, right? see how many people they could actually get by not treating them while they're in the hospital because when you can't breathe you can't breathe and you go on a ventilator and and most likely you will die but now but who's left well who's now that and, and that's why they're in the next stage which is a, a, a camp you know so now they're they're no, beefing up areas where they can throw us in there and kill us that way uh, dr joe you make a good point so expand on that a little bit explain to me the significance of that that comment so I know a lot of people have a lot to say about Elon Musk, right? You either hate him or you love him or you think he's a good guy, white hat, black hat, whatever term people want to use, okay? He has made a dire warning about mass depopulation and, and as well as um, artificial intelligence and things like that because 
because really he sees this very dystopian thing happening. We kill off a bunch of people, however it might happen, and we no longer have the people that we need to run society because that's something that people don't understand. We need it, almost every single person, right, who works. Don't we need them to do what they're doing in order to have the society that we have, run the restaurants, run the big tech, run the whatever. Right. These are workers. We're worker bees, okay? And if you mass depopulate, how are we going to continue society, right? How do we keep things, and even if we have less people, how do we keep things on the up and up? How do we keep food going? How do we keep, just all of these things, right? And that's something that, that Elon Musk has, has warned about, you know, mass depopulations by however, whatever means is a big problem that, that people really need to think about before. And I don't think he's saying before you crazy people go and kill everybody, <laughs> think about how we're going to run society. Um, but he mentions it because of the, just the whole dystopian kind of idea and everything that goes on uh kind of these these operation lockstep and all of these ideas that we have right about about that so if i were an elite and i wanted to get rid of somebody mass depopulation somebody knowing that i have to keep a certain amount of people i'm going to get rid of the dissenters i'm not going to get rid of the sheep because i'm an elite and i want to continue to do what i do and so the dissenters are not going to do what i want to do and so you'll be in a bigger problem than you would be right? That's where my brain goes with that. If I was, if I was the elite. Maybe they don't want to kill everybody. Maybe the vaccine is just really to make you even more submissive. Dr. Jill makes a good point though, you know, is that you, you, we need people to uh, collect the garbage, fix the roads, grow the food, to deliver the food, you know, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. You can't just have yeah. the meat. So what do you think is, yeah. is yeah. happening? What's your theory, Dr. Jill? I honestly, I don't buy into the, this vaccine was meant to kill a bunch of people. Creating of this virus was to A, test how many people that they can get to apply with masks, like an IQ with test. mandates, with staying home. I think this was a huge test. This was how yeah. much fear does it take to get everybody to comply and how far can we push them and how many dissenters do we have? That's right. what I think. Was the COVID-19 created in a lab? Yes. Yes, it was. We yeah. all know that it was. And do we have all this kind of like antidotal proof saying that they've been talking about how we go about Operation Lockstep, how we go about getting people to comply? At what point do they stop complying? What do we do? I mean, why are they studying these kinds of things? To what point would it, what, what's this, why study this? Unless mm -hmm. this is something that you want to unleash on people, right? And so, if you divide the country, and this has been going on for a long time, if you get everybody divided and you, you know, everybody's a, a, such an individual now, like, you know, you've got the, the LGBT community, right? That, that they've divided themselves so much that they don't even like each other. The bi's don't like the gays and the gays can't stand the trans. And you get this, it's like, we're so divided, right? Mm -hmm. And even if all this truth came out, if everybody read Operation Lockstep and everybody went through say all of these releases about uh, the vaccines and, and how there's something seriously sketchy and sinister about what they're doing, um, you still would have so much division that even if somebody, two people that both bought into this vaccine being an issue, they're still divided by something else, yeah. whether it be religion or politics or whatever. And I just got done saying that to people 
um, my husband actually, who, who just won't <laughs> engage mm -hmm. in this stuff. And I said, listen, you know, you, the whole point is that we get people to at least read it with their own eyes and hope that they wake up. Right. But we're never going to get everybody to come together. Right. And that's been years and years of division. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's like they fractured that foundation before they threw this stuff in. Oh, absolutely. You never would have been able to do this in the 1960s. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of when all of this stuff began. You wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Because because yeah. there were so many. We had love for country. Were, we had love for God. We had love for our family. We had love for our religion. neighbors. Yeah. Religion. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, we've taken God out. That's the issue. I mean, yeah. John Adams said that right at the very beginning. This 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 system of government cannot function mm -hmm. unless people believe in God. That's yep. a paraphrase. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All you have to so do is look that. at the USSR. It, it, they were extracting religion and God out of their lives so that the only thing left was government. And if government tells you how to feel, well, then half of the people are going to feel that way and the other half are going to dissent. And then you just keep placing in roadblocks, roadblocks, fractions, fractions, fractions. And then what you have is nobody trusts anybody. Nobody cares to help out their neighbors. It's really sad. So you where know, do we you know, go? Maybe, maybe these people are as smart as we give them credit for. Maybe they haven't thought of this thing out as much as, as we give them credit for. Or maybe they're just so evil. It's almost like the old story of the turtle and the, and the scorpion. You know, the, the, the scorpion begs the turtle to give them a ride across the river. And they get halfway across the river and the scorpion stings the turtle. And the turtle says, what, what, I'm going to die and we're both going to drown. He says, well, that's just my nature. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly evil here. Uh, the child trafficking, the pedophilia. I was in Omaha when the Franklin Credit Union thing went on, and so I was fairly familiar with it. And that's when they were shipping boys from Boys Town to uh, Washington, D.C. to be sexually abused by oh. some of the highest people in our, our government. And, of course, the way they hid that and the people they accused of it, I mean, how they do what they do is just so nefarious and so evil and so disgusting. And these are the people at the top. These are the people that are running this thing. So, you know, maybe they think that they have food supplies and bunkers and all the things stuff that they need so they can survive this whole thing. I'm not sure. It's hard to wrap my head around what's going on because it's so devious, it's so evil, and, and it's so pervasive now. Uh, everybody's buying into the same thing. I mean, it, it's like it's like the whole world is in lockstep. The simulation back in uh, October of 2019 uh, was it something 201. I can't remember what it was. But they went. Or what was yeah, it? They, yeah, they, yeah, they went through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they've had patents on coronavirus ever since 2003. I mean, this is nothing new. Yeah. No. Uh, they have broken laws. They have they have broken protocol. I'm going to read something to you here real quick, and this is from Dr. David Martin, and he's he's brilliant. This is exactly what's happening to us and what they're doing to us. And, and this, is, this has to do with CFR number 50.24 ET illegal clinical trial. It is unlawful to conduct medical research, even in the case of an emergency, without a series of steps taken to A, establish the research with a duly authorized and independent institutional review board, B, secure informed consent of all participants, including statements of risk and benefits, and C, engage in consultation with the community in which the study is being conducted. They did none of that. 
and he's using this particularly for masks and social distancing, but it applies to the, to the uh, vaccine as well. The whole mask thing, which is just really, really big for me, because it's forcing people in compliance about something we know doesn't work. It is a an experiment because they have they have no experimental evidence that masks work, and so this whole thing is an experiment. That's and exactly we're not, and we haven't been given, we haven't been given informed consent according to the Helsinki Accords and according to the uh, Nuremberg Code. Right. Right. Do you think we'll see Nuremberg trial 2.0 if everything starts turning in, towards our favor? I'd love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fauci perjured himself in Congress. He's on record. He lied. Uh, Francis Collins lied. Right. What are the steps to get us there? We would have to have one, a mass awakening, right? But we would also have to have leaders and countries together enough on the same page to want to prosecute in a world forum like that. There's an attorney in Germany, I can't think of his name right now, and he's got a consortium of attorneys, and I think they're bringing it to the international court. So who knows? So many things have been denied. I mean, look what happened after the election. The Supreme Court denied any, they even look at the at, at the irregularities in Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. I mean, look what the DOJ is doing now. They're going after moms. They're calling them uh, domestic terrorists because they're arguing about CRT. Right. Meanwhile, so, it's part of the know. process to follow somebody into a bathroom and yell at them for not voting a certain direction. <laughs> the letter from Merrick Garland asking the FBI to also be deployed to go to these school boards to find out if any of these these mothers, these parents are stepping out of line as domestic terrorists. And they both happened at the same time. Right. You have the bathroom incident with Kristen Cinema, and you have National School Board Association putting out a letter saying that we want to call these parents domestic terrorists. So the president decides that week to, yep, we're going to call them domestic terrorists. This is this is uncalled for. And in the letter that Merrick Garland sent out, it says, and I should quote this because I have it somewhere, but basically that threatening, harassing a public official is is illegal is unlawful right but he was speaking towards the dom supposed domestic terrorists towards the school boards well what about the activists that walked into the bathroom and started yelling at Kristen cinema for not voting on a bill which she in her way she's representing her people by not voting on it so if you want to have that discussion set an appointment and or go testify in front of the committee that's where you're supposed to have it they were harassing her but there was no letter nothing no response except that it's just part of the process i, I will no. give it to him biden did say it was inappropriate but it's part of the process sorry but you can't follow up with that you can't have both they're they're mutually exclusive yeah right just like the wording about about the Carmody and, and the Pfizer, you know, they're distinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to play with words all the time. Right. No, and the the point about the school boards that is the biggest frustrating thing for me is the reason they have school board meetings that are open to the public is because they legally have to. Yeah. Have to have those open meetings meeting because law. Yep. the public has a right to a listen and b speak mm -hmm. and so to say that parents that are going in there no matter their political persuasion 
no matter their whatever, as long as they have the appropriate decorum, they don't walk in there naked or they don't um, yell profanities at people for no reason or things like that. If they're simply going in there to say, I have a concern about X, Y, and Z, that's their right. Right. Yeah. And if you that look at the examples right. in the National School Board Association letter, it's they're calling us Marxists. They're calling us traitors. They're threatening to take away our pensions. Well, those are the only tools in the tool bag when they only have two minutes to discuss their grievances to a school board that's probably not listening, meanwhile hiding behind their masks and telling everybody they need to put a mask on when they're talking to them. So, so blatantly obvious how corrupt this whole system is. I wish I was still talking to my friends that are on the other side of the aisle just so that I can ask them, have you heard any of this? Have you been paying attention to any of it? I really do not know. I will completely destroy any thread of possible friendship with my friends if I continue to try to be their friend at this point because it, it's, it has gotten to a point where now it's my family's lives it is me being called a domestic terrorist. I, I'm sorry, but if you can't even look at that, if you can't even read that letter, I have nothing to say to you. There's nothing to talk about. The people that you're ignoring to look at and watch and listen to are the people calling your friend a domestic terrorist. How can I be your friend without telling you about the fight that I'm up against? Yeah. Well, that goes back to what Dr. Jill said recently about uh, this is constant division. And so you would wonder, I mean, it's obviously deliberate how they're dividing us. That's, there's no question about that. We've graduated so, from you, you deplorables know, to domestic terrorists in a matter of years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they want, I think. They division. want us to be so confused. The whole thing is, is based on fear. And if you can put a population in fear then you can control them. Yep. Uh, one of the, there was a demonstration recently and, and the most profound sign that I have seen so far at any demonstration was, it went like this, and I'm paraphrasing. If you ever wondered how you would, would have responded to Nazi Germany, now you know. Yep. Think yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. Now you know. Yeah. Put your mask on. Okay. I'd be going to Home Depot and I'd be one of maybe two or three people in the whole store without a mask on. Yep. But nobody ever said anything to me. But I, I had a friend, uh, we were driving somewhere and he got in the car, he had his mask on. And I says, well, why are you wearing a mask? I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, come on, you got to know this. It really works. Says, oh, I'm just trying to be a good soldier. And, and that was, that's the mentality. A good soldier? Oh, you know, it, I, I want to I be patriotic. I, I want to be a good American. I, I want to do my part. And they keep, you know, you're in the store over the loudspeaker in the stores. Well, Home Depot encourages people to social distance. Now, how the hell you can oh, social distance? Like that. I don't know. But it makes you want to I run out of the store. encourage you to social distance and, and wear your mask for the good of everybody. You're being a good citizen by doing it. If you're not, you're not a good citizen. You're a good comrade. The whole tagline that has been plastered on every freeway sign or on every public service announcement throughout the states is we're in this together. If I have to hear that one more time, I, it only took a couple times where I'm like, listen, man, I'm not in it with you, okay? I'm on my own side. I see where this is going. I'm not an idiot. I don't have the blindfolds on. I don't even know if I ever really did have the full comrade blinders on just because I was raised differently. But there was a time where 
I must just not be privy to the information that these higher leadership elites, you know, are making the uh, the decisions that they're making. I must not be privy to what they're seeing. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? But then it got to a point where history was starting to repeat itself. And it wasn't just great patriotic history where the Sons of Liberty got together and in the back of a bar and they decided that they were going to take over and fight for freedom and prosperity and liberty. That's not what this was. It wasn't we're in this all together. They were trying to keep the Sons of Liberty from meeting at a pub, from meeting in the back of a restaurant, from meeting at home with your loved ones, trying to give them the information that you know you have found to be true. That was my signal. This is evil. They're trying to destroy us. I didn't know it was going to be this quick. I did not see it coming this quick, March of 2020. But it soon became very evident in November, December of 2020. I honestly think the election has just been a distraction this whole time. In a good way, though. This is my theory, okay? If we wanted to continue to keep what we had of patriots together, how do we do that? What was the one thing that we kept moving forward with and that we were able to meet in a big public space and talk to each other? It was the rallies. It was the fact that people thought that there was something wrong with their elections, right? They gave people a reason to still come together. I mean, we saw tens of thousands of people still at Trump rallies or just at freedom rallies, whatever it was. I think that's the reason why the election stuff kept going on. I really don't think it matters at this point who won the election. The form of government that we have right now needs to be dismantled. It does not work. There is a tyrant in the White House. And if you believe he's the president or not, he has moved right on in. Although we do see now in the news they're admitting that he's sitting in a fake White House across the street. They have built a fake White House. And that's something that you, me, uh, Dr. Jill and Broken, we've discussed a couple times, right? Even January of this last year was that he wasn't in the yeah. White House and that he was in a fake yeah, background was- White House. So it, it's really incredible how the news is starting to come out with all the conspiracies, like real true conspiracies that we had only eight months ago and how real they are now. Well, I can tell you that there's our form of re- Republic that we have in the United States, right? Constitutional Republic. Right. As long as we have religion. Uh, but also, I don't think that that's the problem. The problem is, and I'll, it, we can answer it and we can solve it with two words, term limits. Right. Term limits. Yep. And that's, you know, we limit the president and he's not even the one that's doing the corrupting. They yep. do very little corrupting. They're there eight years at the most, the and they puppet. get very little done. You can tell, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next president just undoes everything that the other one did. So it is not the president. It is the term limits of all of the senators and all, all of the representatives. That's where we, that's, and oh man, the corruption in there. But here's something coming from my point of view on this mask thing, and I didn't want to interrupt anybody, but... When this first happened and they started talking about wearing masks and they were even saying wear them in your house and i said as a nurse what is this is it droplet or is it airborne why did they not make and have not still made any determination a solid one on whether or not COVID is droplet or airborne do you want to know why i'll tell you why because if it's airborne none of these masks work 
and the only thing that you can wear is what they wear in the lab when they made it. Right. Okay. If it's droplet, you can tell everybody to stay six feet apart and tell them to wear masks because it'll reduce the spread. Okay. If it's droplet, you don't need to wear this mask at the bus stop outside by yourself. You just don't. Or in your car by yourself. Fundamentally, droplets drop and you no longer are at risk. Okay. So no matter what, whether they say it's droplet or airborne, the policy with the masks is wrong. It doesn't fit either one. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Not to mention there's no studies on it. And there's actually no studies, no good studies on how long this this whole COVID animal stays in the air on droplets or whatever. It's not been done. And what variant are we in now? Do we even know? I don't know. They're still really loving to talk about Delta. I I don't know. Yeah. All the other ones that I've heard, the mu and the this and the that have all kind of come. The Omega. Broken, do we still have you? Oh, there you are. I want to get back to the term limits thing quickly too. You know, I've always <laughs> felt term limits would be, would, would be worse, but the problem, that's all, that's only part of the problem. A bigger part of the problem is people like Fauci. He's been head of the NIAID since the early 1980s. Yep. And he controls billions of dollars of research money every year, literally billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He controls what experiments get done. Trust me, if people are doing experiments that go against uh, what he wants, they're not going to get funded. Right. Well, and uh, guess- he's, not, he's not the only one. There, there, there are, there are, there is this deep state of mm-hmm. bureaucrats, Christopher Ray, for example. Now, of course, he's an appointed one, but a lot of these guys aren't appointed. You know, well, they're they're appointed, but you know, they have a, they end up with a lifetime tenure, it seems. And, and you have all these people that are in Washington year after year after year. You have the lobbyists that are in there year after year after year. And even if you bring someone new in, then they have to deal with the mechanism of Washington. Look what happened to Trump. For somebody who supposedly has such good discernment, a, person, a person's character, if you can read people, he has some of the worst people in the White House you can imagine. There are hundreds of employees in the White House. And they don't all turn over every time an administration changes. Nope. So what, what we've got, besides the fact that we have some really corrupt, you know, Pelosi, Feinstein, Schumer, uh, Schiff. I mean, you can, I could name them all day. Those people, I'd love to see them out. Even when they get in, they're constantly frustrated because if you, if, if you have, in the military is another, is another one. If you have these people, they're just going to slow walk at anything you try to do, or they're yeah. not going to com- not going to comply. When Trump wanted to pull out of Syria, the army says, "Yeah, we will," but they never did. That's the kind of system that we have that also has to be addressed, besides just term limits. Well, we need to get rid of the bureaucracy. It's gotten way out of control. When you pass a bill. You leave it, the experts in the departments, to write the rules. So it's a very vague language. It says, the Department of Health Services shall create rules that that promote the health and safety of individuals with immunizations. Okay, you just opened it up for them to write whatever they want, amend it whenever they want. You don't have to have a statute change in order to create a new rule or to revisit a rule and amend it. So when a new administration comes in, your new people can mess with the rules as well. And the other pieces, 
also embedded in most of our statutes, it says that as an agency or a program of an agency, you may receive grants and monies from outside sources. So as a department, as a program in a department like the NIH or the NIADD, you get to accept money from the Gates Foundation, the Clinton Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, all of these foundations that want to give you money, you statutorily are allowed to do that. But guess what comes with that? A lobbyist telling you what to do. And one of those things might be to create a vaccine or to create a virus so you can create a vaccine and either depopulate everybody or plant a chip in them. Who knows what it is at this point, but we know that it's all evil. Any final thoughts, Dr. Jill? I think for anybody that that wants the information or whatever, I'm going to put together a document to make what I was going to present today a little bit easier to understand, and we'll put it up on, on your blog. Awesome. So that people can see, you know, the dates in which what was posted and it'll, it'll be very clear. Yeah. It's very hard to present it over, over sound, over, over pod. So, well, and if you want to write um, a blog out, you know, put whatever you want in there, I'll smack that into the awakening blog broken. Any final thoughts? No, I, uh, Dr. Jill, it's a pleasure meeting you. And I was, I'm very interested in your take and, you know, what's, I always find interesting is, Whenever I've been in a leadership role, I've always sought out opposing views on things and let people have their say and try to synthesize information into some form that's workable <laughs> and makes sense. And it was just a delight talking with you today and in the things that you brought up are things I had considered where I probably should have. And that's one of the really cool things about being able to have, you know, dialogue and, and and fair open discussions with people. I really appreciate that. It was it's, it's really it was really fun. And I think we just need to keep our shoulder to the wheel. We need, we need to keep alert. There's clearly evil afoot in this world and we have to stand and we have to be willing to uh, pick the hill we're going to die on and, 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 and stand firm. Yeah. Just Otherwise they're just going to kill us anyways. So pick a hill. <laughs> one last, one last example. There's a guy named Robinson who is a Lieutenant uh, governor of North Carolina. And he claimed that the, the, the sexual stuff that they were teaching in the schools of North Carolina was filth and all oh, the uproar that cost. And they wanted them to resign. They said, well, these, these aren't our values. So yada, yada, yada. And he says, I'm not backing down. <laughs> I love yeah. that man. <laughs> yeah, we need we need some patriots with a strong backbone. Um, well, yep. thank you both for for joining okay. us today. Well, and thank let's, you. Let's let's try yeah. to get together. Doctor Payne doesn't get to do these until like seven o'clock at night, so maybe us three can start doing this weekly. And right. remember, every question is a great question. <laughs>